Hey Saints and Ains, how are you? What's good with y'all? What was that? You Barry White now? That's how I always sound. No, it, it had a different octave. How I be sounding? What's good with y'all? No, it was what's good with y'all. It was it was. Man, why you like monitoring my voice, man? Okay, so I want to try something this time. Uh, it's gonna be random. What? I want to try something. <laughs> what? So I want you to tell me that I'm pretty. <laughs> no, let's try. This it. is funny. Let's try. It. Go ahead. <laughs> You so fine. You so oh, my God. I'm so grateful <laughs> that you like my face. Thank you so much. You got to get. I don't know what I would do if you didn't tell me I was pretty. So let me like grovel in it. <laughs> you got to give the people context to why you because doing Because I, I was reading the YouTube comments and people really feel a way that I don't say thank you when you talk about my face. Yeah. So here's the thing. And I'm like, what is this? Here, like, here, why are we policing here, my thanks? Yeah, my so here's things? the thing. Like, I always, you know, sometimes not always, but sometimes I open up with the podcast calling Jackie pretty or cute and just flirting with her. He's actually playing with me and mocking me and I'm, being sarcastic. Well, I'm not mocking you. I'm I, I'm actually very serious. But the thing that I think that people don't understand, because they don't have, like, full context of our relationship. Right. Like, if you were the type of person that said, Oh my gosh, thank you. I probably wouldn't. You wouldn't even do it. I wouldn't tell you you're pretty as much right. because that's what drew me to you. I, I like the chase. Yeah. It, it I like the challenge. And so if I wanted to marry a woman that said, thank you, every single time I would have. But I, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so for people be who be in their feelings about like, Jackie, just say thank you. It's no, just like, it was just, no, it, that's it was, not who I married. It was legit arguing because I'm like. First of all, why are y'all? I was like, why they not get mad at him for changing the subject? Because I will ask him how his day <laughs> is doing. I will ask him if he's excited about the moment, and he's deflecting and talking about my face. I think people, so why is there no energy on <laughs> Jackie? Has like like a method to the madness, I, and he over here being silly. <laughs> I think people would be like, I think people interpret it as you know, Preston's really being sweet, and she just ignore him. But they well, don't, thank they don't. you so much for liking my face. I'm so grateful to have married a man like you. <laughs> thank you, Preston. Why you sound like I don't know what I would do without you saying thank you. Why you, why you sound like uh? That's what they want me to Bill do. Bill Cosby. <laughs> the general pudding. <laughs> That's what they want me to do. <laughs> thank you, Preston. <laughs> like my face. Hey, you should be sounding like Bill because he canceled. Anyway, he definitely is in my book. Uh, we are here today to talk about, well, to answer questions from the Patreon Saints. We have a Patreon where people, you know, they get exclusive access to the podcast. They see videos before YouTube does. Uh, they get discounts for glory events and merch that everybody else don't get. They see like, random videos. Sometimes. Even when my book came out or holier than now, I showed them the cover before I ever promoted it. And so they just, you know, they just get access to stuff. Everybody they special. Y'all special. So, <laughs> <laughs> so for the last episode of this season, we're answering questions uh, that our Patreon saints have sent us. And they sent us some good ones. Shout they out to have. y'all. And so to start off first, let me say her name right. Let me say her name. Letitia <clears throat> Lee said, what happened with the Mormon on the plane? And what did, he, what did he think about the Chosen series? So for everybody listening, 
Don't nobody even know what that what that's about. She's obviously picking up on something that happened on the plane with the Mormon regarding the Chosen series that people need context for. Yeah, so to give you context, a couple of days ago I was coming back in the country from Cuba and um, I got on the plane and a guy sat next to me and I felt like I, I told came home and told Jackie, I said I felt like when I sat down I was supposed to talk to this guy. I was like, but I just came through customs. I'm tired. I really don't feel like talking to this dude. But I'm like, okay, I'm going to just kind of like, well, I said I was going to pray about it, to be honest with you. I was like, let me just pray about it. And but you then didn't? I, I didn't. I just, I just put my head down. I was about to go to sleep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, a couple of minutes later, he pulled out his phone. And uh, on his phone, it was the Chosen series, the Christian series, you know, about Jesus and you know, the, the, the New Testament, which we watch. And so I was like, okay, Lord, maybe you want me to talk to him because he's a believer. So I sparked up a conversation. I said, oh, you looking at the chosen. He was in the middle seat? And I was in the aisle seat. He was oh, in the middle seat. Okay. And uh, he was like, yeah. And I was like, I love that series. And he kind of seemed look surprised, probably because mm -hmm. I look like a little hood dude. Yeah, you don't look like he watched Chosen. Yeah, I look like I watch you, um, 50 world, Cent. World 50 Star Hip Hop. 50 Cent's um, uh, show what's it called power yeah you know. <laughs> uh and so yeah we start talking about the characters or whatever and then you know uh talking about matthew nicodemus and all the characters on chosen so then i go you know uh are you a christian and he paused and says uh, yeah and i was like that was weird like mm -hmm. why did he pause like that and then i go like uh what, what, what church do you go to you know and he goes uh i'm a mormon okay and i i, I like kind of put my head down and I was like you funny guy <laughs> you know f for context I have you know developed a really big heart for Mormons and just people who are in you know different religions trying to reach them throughout the years and and so we sparked up a conversation you know about uh Mormonism about the LDS church and stuff like that and so uh without giving the full story because we had like a really long conversation on this flight. This flight was a couple of hours. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we talked about some of the, you know, the, the, the main things. And, uh, one of the things that we talked about was Joseph Smith and him being a true prophet. Mm -hmm. We talked about, you know, the celestial marriages, how they believe Mormons believe that we'll be married forever in heaven. Okay. So let's, let's deal with Joseph Smith, right? Yeah. Who is Joseph Smith? What does he have to do with Mormonism? Why is he considered a prophet? And how do we respond to that biblically? Yeah, so what what the LDS Church believed that Mormon, uh, that Joseph Smith in the 1800s was a prophet that God raised up to essentially give a New Testament of, of the Gospels. I mean, in the 1800s, they believed that this teenager kid uh, angel visited him <laughs> or whatever and you know god used him to to essentially write this book of mormon that was like you know over a course of a couple of hours in one night that you know an angel you know typically wrote it and why did they need the book of mormon and not just the scriptures because they believe well well what the god told me on the plane and other mormons have told me they believe that um that when the apostles left, there was a gap. There. Okay. There was a there was a there was a void missing, mm -hmm. and so God, um, Jesus, typically used the apostles and the prophets, you know. And so when the last apostles left, mm -hmm. that there was no official prophet on the earth to communicate God's truth. Interesting. And so you know they believe that you know hundreds of years later in the 19th century, God raised this 
up up this prophet, which was a, a guy named Joseph Smith, to uh, essentially um, uh, f- like fulfill. Um, yeah, to fulfill the word of God, they would tell you that, you know, um, Joseph Smith helped restore because a lot of things were lost. But also he just didn't necessarily restore. He wrote another testament, a new testament of, of, of the scriptures. The new New Testament. The new the new, new Testament. Mm-hmm. They, they don't necessarily believe that the canon was closed. And they believe that, you know, um, they would teach things like the Christian church has fallen away. And Joseph Smith came to restore. And so they the consider him basically not a not an apostle but a prophet a prophet who through this angelic visitor has new revelation that has the same authority as the scriptures uh of the apostles the same authority as the apostles yes okay yes to write scripture because they had the authority to you know write scripture so in your conversation with the guy on the plane when y'all got around the subject of joseph smith being a prophet like what 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 was old boy's position on like why he's considered a prophet yeah it was the same it was the same conversation that i had with mormons in the past and 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 that is so one of the things i I like to do is i like to ask them just straight on questions with gentleness and respect you know so the the conversation was respectful i think from early on he understood that i was a you know, a Christian. Right. And so I asked him, I said, you know, why do you believe in your heart that Joseph Smith is a prophet? You know, and he started to, one, he started to just hit me with all of these facts about how an angel visited him and it's impossible for somebody to write this book mm-hmm. that was clearly, you know, um, you know, a divine book like nobody can do this in one night and so they they, they point to like gifts mm-hmm. and, and and you know and, and things which there's really no proof that he wrote it in one night because mm-hmm. nobody was around to confirm yeah. it yeah. but even if it did i believe that you know other spiritual beings can help you do stuff <laughs> but also but i didn't say that yeah, yeah 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 demons be writing too <laughs> that's offensive right they got pencils too <laughs> What you mean? I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't say that. But one of like the, that demon that wrote Enneagram. Okay. Ooh, Stop it. Oh. See, we getting off topic. Oh. Sorry. Go ahead. Okay. So <laughs> that's for next season. So uh, one of the things that I said was, you know, how do you believe that he's a prophet? So he went in and told me all of these things, and I said, well, no, you're telling me these these facts that I, I don't necessarily have proof of, nor do you, because mm. you wasn't there back then you believe it right and i'm not you know trying to beat you over your head because if you believe why do you personally believe in your heart Mm -hmm. that joseph smith is a true prophet um because i'm just help me understand and i always say help me understand that because it it doesn't seem as confrontational it gives them the 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 room to like almost kind of like be a teacher Mm -hmm. for me and one of the things that he said was you know he's just pointed to faith and he was like you know faith it's not about what we can see you know and uh, faith isn't necessarily having all the evidence Mm -hmm. um it's about believing something that we can't see and i said well no the bible says that the faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seeing that that faith comes by hearing right and so there's a response right and so he was like okay but yeah and, it, and it's a response to an objective truth right so it, it isn't faith for faith's sake yes. like i just believe for the sake of believing but rather i believe in something that is legitimate authentic, true. sincere yeah. and provable provable yeah, yeah absolutely to a certain degree and so one of the things that he said was you know i prayed a prayer which 
which is kind of what I wanted him to get to eventually, um, because in the Mormon faith or the LDS faith, a lot of them say like to say LDS, in the LDS faith, Latter, uh, you know, LDS faith, they like to say that that when you come of age, you have to pray a prayer, and God has to reveal to you that Joseph Smith is a true is is, is a true prophet, mm-hmm. and so that's essentially what he ended up saying to me. And so I said, well, let me ask you a question. I said, if I came to you and said that God said that I can live out you know, and um, uh, live in a house with a woman that I'm not married and we can have sex with each other occasionally, what right. would you say? Right. And he said that, uh, well, I will tell you that, you know, I wouldn't judge you. He said, I wouldn't judge you, you know, but I would tell you that I believe that the Bible says that it's sin, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't personally judge you. And I said, well, man, like, well, the Bible does tell us to judge, yeah. right? Because we, it tells us that we can know a, a, a tree by the good fruit that it produced, mm-hmm. right? And so the Bible does tell us we have some level of judgment, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't say we can sit on a throne as a judge, mm-hmm. right? Hey. That we have the final authority, but yeah, it does yeah. tell us to judge one another through the lens of Scripture. Mm-hmm. And so, so, so he was like, well, yeah, I, w- I will tell you that the Word of God says this. And I said, this with all due respect, sir. I said when I've talked to you know Mormons in the in the past, you guys all said that you know that you you prayed a prayer. I said, but when I ask you questions like this, you immediately use the word of God to judge my claim. I said, but but I said, but the thing is, the Mormon faith doesn't teach you to judge Joseph Smith's prophecies or being a prophet with the same measure, right? Um, the Bible never tells us to measure a prophet in that way. Teach it tells the text. us it, it, in Deuteronomy, it tells us that we 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 know that if a prophet prophesies something and that prophecy does not come to pass, that he is a false prophet and yeah. not to fear him. Yeah, right. And, and it, it, you, so, you you hit that word in your heart. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. so and so like I was like, my question to you is, why don't you guys? measure joseph smith's joseph smith being a prophet with the word of god why did why is it why is it this prayer mm. um and he was like well that's a good question he was like and and i respected him for saying that yeah. you know he didn't try to like formulate you know um an answer for me um and he was just like no that's a good question and then we got you know uh he was like that's something that i'll think think about and so when somebody typically said says that I don't. I try not to, you know, beat them over the head. I just kind of like let them rest. Yeah. I, I I like to allow people to rest with with a question that yeah. they can't that they can't answer, yeah. you know, because I I believe that God does a work after huh. that, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, and so then we start talking about faith, you know, um, how we're saved, and um, they believe that a lot of their works, which you know other religions, um, are typically work work-based religions mm-hmm. they believe you know i've said you know on my youtube channel that most religions have found something to work for to please god christianity is the only one that says the god who finished the work found me and i think that's so true because you know when you when you talk to other religions because they don't understand the person of christ and who christ is and the deity of of of, of god they typically misunderstand grace and because they misunderstand grace they always typically work to try to be right in the eyes of God um, because they don't understand that grace factor and so in the Book of Mormon is uh, in the in the Book of Mormon there's a book in, in the Book of Mormon um, called Nephi and um, Joseph Smith and the LDS Church they use a lot of scriptures from the uh, uh, from the can, Holy can Bible pause? who are these people like who is Nephi who is that person uh he's a, That's a somebody he met that's an angel. Yeah. See, but, but see, but see, see, we, we the, the the whole angelic worship thing is because they believe that Joseph Smith te- technically didn't write the Bible. They believe that uh, 
angel wrote angel uh, angel wrote the Bible. An angel visited Joseph Smith, and the angel is the one who wrote the Bible. Who, who wrote the Book of Mormon? It I'm, I'm, probably was an angel, just not the kind of angel they think. A fallen one. Hello, <laughs> name so, Nephi. Yeah, and you so. Know. And so um, in Ephesians, it says that we are saved by grace through faith, that it is a gift um, so that none of us can boast, mm -hmm. not of our works, so none of us can boast. And in the book of Nephi, it says that we're saved by grace through faith after all we can do. And so essentially to believe that after we've done all we can, that's when God's grace comes in and saves the Moher. Uh, <laughs> and so I was just like, man, the Bible really doesn't teach that, you know, um, it tells us that we're saved by grace. And he was like, well, don't you think that God wants us to work? And so we, hmm. we, we, we start talking about works and faith as, as it pertains to our works. And I was telling him, I was like, the, the Bible tells us that our works, you know, are filthy rags. Yeah. And one of the things he said was, well, it doesn't say that God, just because our works is filthy rags, it doesn't mean, you know. He doesn't accept them or he doesn't want them. And I said, well, no, God wants our works, but he wants our works to be a response of the free gift of faith that we've been given. Right, right. It is not proof. Right. Our works are not proof that 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 we are right in the eyes of God. It's, it's proof that we have been justified in the eyes of God, yeah. right? Our works is not what saves us. Jesus Christ finished work on the cross right. is what saves us. And he was like, I don't believe that. And I was like, well, in the Greek, mm -hmm. the word the word filthy rags is literally translated into scubalon. Mm -hmm. And that means booboo rags. Ooh. It like literally means what they used to wipe their butts with. Ooh. It's like, that's what God thinks of our works um, as it pertains to our righteousness. A booby rag. A booboo rag. A booboo rag. <laughs> and I think, I think that's what people, like, it's not that God doesn't even want, it's like, no, your works are disgusting to me as it pertains to your salvation. Mm -hmm. I only want the finished works of my son. And when you receive the free gift of salvation through Jesus Christ, your works is the outpour of the grace that you have been given. And mm -hmm. I accept that works. Those works are good because mm -hmm. it's through Jesus Christ. So our works on our own. Uh huh. And I was like, and so the fact that you guys say that we are saved by grace through faith after we after all we can do is your works first. And then when your works kind of like, fall short mm -hmm. G, you know god comes and saves the day but i was just like that's just not how god tells us mm -hmm. how to obtain salvation so how did it end um that kind of ended with he <laughs> he just kind of ended by saying i've never heard people you know use these comparisons of scriptures i'm i'm gonna look into that yeah. and i was just like well you know i respect that i, re I respect that you know um and then one of the things that we kind of stayed on the longest was um uh, just the fact that he, you know, just believed that the the Mormon Church is the true church. Yeah, you know, we kind of ended there. He just think the the Mormon Church is the true church, and um, and we just start talking about Jesus and the why he came, and if if Jesus came to to finish the work that we couldn't finish, why did Joseph Smith have to come and establish this? Yeah, and we just kind of ended there. And afterwards, you know, um, I wanted to ask him, can I pray for him? But I was just like, nah, he probably think mm. um, the, the devil sent me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so we just kind of like left it like that. And I, I thank God because the rest of the ride, he was just looking up, you know, like staring intently, thinking. And I just started praying and I started asking him, but asking the Lord to just do a work with our yeah. conversation. Yeah, I was telling Preston when he came back and um, told me this story. To me, what came to mind was, you know, God uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise because it's not simply 
the message that you gave like the the, the gospel message is foolish to those who are perishing right mm-hmm. so so that has a has a has a a foolishness to it but it's also the package in which the message came in it came in the package of a young uh urban black man mm-hmm. who would not be perceived as holding this kind of treasure and so to me it speaks to the 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 lengths and the way God shows up in people's lives in really unexpected ways. Mm -hmm. You are a very unexpected package, but you actually have studied and done the work that met that man where he needed to be or met him with the, yeah, you just, the Lord used you. I don't know if I should be encouraged or, uh, or discouraged. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just playing. Be- even when you think of Jesus, God in flesh. Yeah. Born in a manger. Yeah. From- to a young girl Can anyone- who was not of like royal stat like And also where he came from. I mean you everything. Know, Galilee was considered technically, you know, the, like not the prestigious neighborhood. It was considered the, you know, the hood. Can anything good come from You there? mean Nazareth? Nazareth, that's what I meant to say. Nazareth or Nazareth? Nazareth. Oh, okay. Um, the you next be, you be trying to you be trying to play me. I said Nazareth. <laughs> you just said it so strong. Just now, do it again. Nazareth. <laughs> Read the next question. Pamela, you said, "How would you handle a conversation with a believing friend who knows that homosexuality is a sin?" but still believes that we are being unfair to the LBGTQ plus community by telling them they cannot be who that, who they identify as. This question is not for me. <laughs> I'd be telling Jackie, she's a, um, an apologist just in the field of sexuality. She'd be like, no, you're the apologist. Like, yeah, oh, you're an I apologist don't disagree too. that I'm not. I just, I think I'm a cultural apologist. Yeah. Yeah. I think well, all I, apologists. Loki. Hopefully. Um, Get your feet off my table. No. So, <laughs> This is the thing. How would you handle a conversation with a believing friend who knows that homosexuality is a sin, but still believes that we are being unfair to the gay community? Because uh, even LBGTQ plus, though that acronym represents a lot of different groups. And so I'll just handle the lesbian, the L and the G and the B. Um, <laughs> the community by telling them they cannot be who they identify as. I think that the, the first problem is the end of the question, right? So... I think we are reading the Bible wrong or not reading it at all if we attribute certain sinful behaviors to our identity Mm -hmm. in the sense of the Bible does not describe homosexual behavior as intrinsic to a person's ontology their Mm -hmm. their their being that's actually a really new understanding of personhood that's like risen in the last 100 200 years Mm -hmm. like before like the 1800s for the most part homosexuality was always considered a a a behavior a vice it like even the terms heterosexual and homosexual did not exist people did not think of themselves through the lens of their desires Mm -hmm. that's a very new understanding and so even when we get into certain texts that use the term homosexual in the New Testament, those I think are actually kind of misreadings of the Greek because the Greek is usually almost always referring to homosexual behavior, not homosexual people. Um, and so when you get to uh, 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through uh, 
10 or 11, where it says like, don't be deceived. Neither those who practice homosexuality will inherit the kingdom of God. He, he's talking about a practice, not a person. Mm. Right. And so that might be some of why, or uh, one reason why I think homosexuality or the teaching against it has landed wrong for decades. Yeah. It's because people have assumed that because I deal with a certain sexual desire or have a certain experience within myself in, in terms of sexuality, that thus means that the experience itself means that I warrant hell. Let, let me explain. Like, like to just be tempted with the same sex means I'm going to hell. Mm. It's like, no, to be tempted actually signals that you were born after Adam and therefore you need a savior. Mm. Right? Yeah. Teach us. And so the, the, emphasis, the emphasis in all of our understandings of people within any community is that first and foremost, we are made in the image of God. Mm -hmm. That is our preeminent and predominant uh, identity marker that oh, that yeah. we were made from and for, for yeah. God. Now, in light of that identity, is where we're supposed to understand ourselves. That's good, right? So, if I'm made from and for God, it means that as certain desires pop up, I need to ask the question of: Does this honor God? Did this come from God? Mm -hmm. Does this serve God? Does this glorify God? If not, then who do I go to to handle it? Let me go to God, mm. who's the great high priest, who's the savior, who's Lord and king. And so how do you talk to your friend about it? You have a conversation about what the Bible says about identity and how we respond to parts of us that yeah. are not in alignment with the way we were created. Yeah, because understanding our identity uh, and having a firm foundation of how, how God created us sets the tone for everything. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, but also, too, correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't be knowing a lot about stuff, you <laughs> know what I'm saying? But... Um, homosexuality not not being originally in you know in the scriptures and it being added i, I believe you know years and years later after the the scriptures was 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 written um that act that word um that that's typically used by people who are kind of gay affirming that you know mm. the, the the argument that because the term is not in the original language that that somehow means that the, the, the behavior itself isn't actually condemned. Yes. That's what you mean. Right. Right. Yeah. So, so even if, cause the, one of the terms is arsenokoites, which is basically this, this Greek term that men means men in bed with men. Mm -hmm. so, and yeah, so it's not good. describing, it's not a noun. It, it's not describing a person it's describing a behavior a act and yeah. just because it's not describing a person and actually describing a behavior doesn't mean that the justice or that god hates it any less than what the scripture describes it as does it make sense yeah, yeah. like like just because they interpreted it or translated it in a particular way doesn't distract from the whole message of the scriptures and how it speaks against same sex sex. Yeah, because right? it, it it actually supports your argument, uh, which I think is a true argument that that God is he has beef with the the, the act the the act is what is is what you know the the act. Yeah, the practice, uh, the, the, practice, the yeah. activity, the submission us to us operating outside of the way he created us, not necessarily saying, you know, I, I, I'm under this banner or this yeah. term of homosexual the act. Now, I'll, I'll speak to the, the, the first part of the question, like when it comes to friends that might be affirming in one sense, like 
one, I think you got to pray for wisdom and, and love. Two, I what I what I found is that people who are affirming can fall into two categories. They might be those who are really empathetic mm-hmm. and really justice oriented. And so they tend to lean towards um, taking positions that lift up and honor the dignity of other persons. Mm -hmm. And so I can understand then why they will be more inclined to interpret texts in a particular way that leaves room for a person to be honored and dignified and have the freedom of expression that they think is true to them. Mm -hmm. The problem is when we... Are when we presume that our compassion and our empathy is actually more than God's empathy and God's compassion. Mm. He is the most compassionate one. He That's is the good. most empathetic one to the point that he became flesh and dwelt among men and was killed by them. Yeah. And so this God, by his spirit, has given us a text that is authoritative, that is true, that is convicting, but he's also given us a savior to help us to obey it. That's really and good. And so like, we can never posture ourselves as, yeah, like, yeah so that's one category i think there's another category of people who truth be told are just people pleasers like to to be honest so they they interpret a passage and land in particular directions on controversial controversial subject subjects that alleviate any tension with anybody Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying they they don't want to be caught between two worlds so i'm gonna take the position that means that ain't nobody gonna hate me which is a very dangerous (laughs) position to be in because if you if you're a people pleaser you run the risk of living a life that allows people to shape how you think about the Bible, not the Bible itself. Yeah. And so your 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 interactions with people will inform how you see a text, yeah. which is scary. Yeah. Because because in both categories, the person who is superficially empathetic mm-hmm. to a certain degree, and the person who is uh, interpreting in light of being a, a people pleaser, both of them have people as their focus. Yeah. And that's a part of the problem. That's good. That like whatever you do, you do to the glory of God. He has to be the central focus. Yeah. And so if he is the central focus, it means that I can love you and still have a biblical conviction about sexuality. Like I don't I don't have to I don't have to land in your direction. I don't have to be tolerant in the way that you define it to actually be loving. Hmm. So that's one. But also having a God focus means that my preeminent desire is to please you. Mm -hmm. I mean, please God. And by pleasing God, I will love you, even if I don't necessarily please you or make you happy. Yeah, yeah. So that's that. Yeah, that's good. What's the next question? Okay. This is light. We needed okay. a light one. <laughs> Both of them were light. After this. Boom, boom. <laughs> Chris Lacey said, if you could put four of your favorite movies on Mount Rushmore, what would they be and why? That's, man, that's a really good question. I think for me, um, Five Heartbeats has to be one of my favorite all time. Um uh, menace to society because you know i'm a hood baby <laughs> and uh even though it's a lot of violence hood violence i think the the message at the end is really really good i think we we can get a lot out of it uh i think i would have to throw love and basketball in there that's just it's just it's, good it's just a good romantic you know what i'm saying but like good it's, it's the story is t- t- told so well uh it's toxic though it is toxic it is. my my fourth one is uh dang Probably the color purple. 
I love the color purple. That movie was so dope to me. It's so long. Uh, and I, I got to think about my fifth one. What's your, what's your five? It was only four. I, I already know. It was only four. Holland uh, Opus. So Serafina, uh, a South African classic. Uh, uh, a Beautiful Mind with Russell Crowe. Because that, that movie is so interesting you know like you have this guy who's like a a scientific genius who starts to see things and by the end of the movie you realize that the conversations and the partnerships and the friendships and the relationships that uh these scenes have kind of been focusing on are actually in his imagination like he's he's seeing things Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying and it always reminded me of the story of nebuchadnezzar how he was this high and lifted up king but because he took pride in his position the lord took his mind and i just i think to see a scientist be humbled in losing his mind is really ironic so yeah i had to share that um mr holland's opus like my fave yeah and then selena okay those are those are definitely my mount my mount rush one selena's <laughs> that's that's my jam okay uh, this is definitely for you because Erica Porter said, what relationship tips do you have for extroverts wanting to be more mindful of their interactions and expectations of the introverts in their lives? One, one, I really like how she organized that sentence. Yeah. It was, that it, was written really it, well. Yeah, it was well, Good job, Erica. Well written. Um, yeah. I, the first thing I would say is just chill out. Okay. <laughs> That works. <laughs> Chill out, man. What you know what I'm saying? Mean? I don't know. I think I think that they're different level of extroverts. Okay. I think you talked about me being like an extrovert, but not an extra extrovert. Yeah, I, I've explained you to people. I said Preston is. <laughs> we gonna say some crazy. Preston is a traumatized extrovert. Uh. <laughs> 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 So Explain. you don't have an issue with talking to strangers. Obviously, you had a whole conversation with a Mormon in the middle seat. Yeah. Like you don't have it. Like you don't get drained by human interaction like I do. Right. But you are you are super hyper vigilant and super cautious so that in certain environments, people might assume you're an introvert yeah. because you're watching your environment and not actually. Yeah. That's just kind of grew up from how I grew up. Like right. I was raised. Like because yeah, yeah. there's some extroverts that are extra. Meaning they don't got social cues. They just be talking and yapping and and then they get offended because you're not talking and as excited as they are. Like those extroverts give me an intensity of anxiety that I can't even explain. And, and then and then, you know, as I got older and became a Christian, it, you know, my caution it, it was joined with like discernment as well. That's explain that. And so like I just be discerning you know rooms and environments and some people I'm like ah uh, mm-hmm. i'm actually an extrovert i just i don't trust you mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what i'm saying so as an extrovert in relationship with a introvert how have you managed that right yeah so i think i, I think one um it's it, i think it's a level of maturity that that i had to go through and i think all extroverts have to go through to understand the way we are wired it it seems normal. Like, I think that's for everybody. I think for some introverts, it's like, why do you want to talk all day? Like, that don't seem normal, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think, for, I, I think for sometimes, I think sometimes for extroverts, it can be like, well, if we're not, if we're not beefing, 
you know, if we like each other, like, why don't you want to talk to me right, right now? But understanding that some people are not just wired like that. I think yeah. it, I think you have to walk in uh, a certain level of understanding and empathy mm-hmm. to somebody who's who's wired different mm-hmm. different than you. Because I think what we have to understand is I think a lot of extroverts will be closer with introverts if the introvert felt like they had the room to be who they are. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I think, you know, understanding for the extrovert to understand that, no, I actually would have greater relationships with introverts if I gave them the space to live and to breathe. You know what I'm saying? And so for you, even when we were friends, you know, for three years, I knew that you were introverted. Mm-hmm. I like, I like we were around each other enough to, to know Jackie kind of is tapped out. Mm. And we became really good friends because I didn't mind being in a space with you not talking. Yeah. But we still like being we still yeah. like being around one another, but I didn't have to speak to you. Yeah. You know, and so I think and that's another thing. I think some people are really uncomfortable with silence. They are. It's just like, no, like you can And what is that? Yeah. Cause because I think I think for for people who like to talk and for people who un, people who like to have conversation, I think that's how they that's how they bond that's but, how they but some of it seems like an insecurity where you attribute to the silence to maybe what this person thinks about you in them not wanting to talk to you because that because i think when it really ain't even a it might be about you actually but <laughs> it might I, not be i think it could be a, a couple of things but i think one of the main things is the insecurity can form when that's how they are. Like if 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 if, if I'm a say say for instance I'm a, a extrovert, which in some way I am, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if I don't like a person, I'm probably not going to talk to them. Right. But if I if I if I like you, mm-hmm. I'm going to talk to you as much as I can. Right. And so I think they they might be projecting how they interact and how they Interesting. feel yeah, yeah, yeah. onto an introvert. Yeah. And an introvert doesn't have to, it's not that they don't like you. They yeah. probably don't like you now because you talk too much. <laughs> but they, you know what I'm saying? You're stressful. But like, like I, so I, I think I think it, it can be a lot of projecting, you know, how they feel or whatever. Um, and so I think just being, being okay with silence, mm-hmm. um, understanding that everybody is not wired like you mm-hmm. and, um, and also just pray for discernment and pray for God to just give you wisdom and insight. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to like tone down your personality or whatever. Don't be afraid to ask an introvert. Am I talking too much? Mm-hmm. You know, be mindful. Um, don't love the sound of your own voice more then you pay attention to a person's body language. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Be be aware. And I think that I think that when we the more we are aware of the world around us and stop being so consumed with the things that's coming out of our mouth. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's a it's a legit curiosity of the other person. Mm-hmm. But just know that like you be making people out here and the, anxious. And, and truth be told, even the the subject or idea of introversion extroversion is a is a theory, right? And so really, I think the greater task is how does love show up in my personality? Right. Mm -hmm. And so if if my burden is however I may, if I'm more prone to being quiet or if I'm more prone to talking, how do I love through that? Right. And so for me, you know, I'm not the most talkative person around certain people 
but around other people I am, right? And so in spaces where I don't feel as inclined to speak, the way I show up in love through my personality is if someone speaks to me, I speak back. I, I engage, I try to be cordial or I lean into the introverted part of me, which is to observe. And, and I, I'm able to pick up on a lot of things because I'm not so addicted to talking, yeah. but in me picking, picking up one of the downsides of that could be, you become judgmental, right? Yeah, yeah. You become so observant. You pick up so many cues that you could pick apart people's personalities without having a conversation. And so part of the burden of love is if I observe a thing, I'm praying about it. Yeah. Right. If I, I'm an extroverted person. And how does love show up in that personality type? It means if you're going to talk a lot, you need to make sure your words are edifying, that you are building up and not tearing down, that you're not being nosy, but you're actually being intrigued for the sake of loving and honoring that person. So but I'm just trying to eliminate even these kinds of categories that we put ourselves in and we depend on these categories more than we pay attention to. How do I just love people through the way God made me? That's good. That's real good. Okay, the shell or day shell, if 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 she was in St. Louis, I don't know how, what her mama meant it to be pronounced as, but we would say day shell. Day shell. Day shell. Hey, day shell. No, it's not sh- shell. Day shell. Day shell. Yeah, there we go. Day shell Disney. That's yeah. her. That's her name. That's what it say. Okay, cool. From New York, she said, "Hey, my favorite godly cousins in my head. Hey, girl." Mine is a two-part question. God is seeking godly seed. Okay, she's declaring a thing. <laughs> what? Hey, Deshia, why you why you start the sentence off like that? You a wild girl. <laughs> she's so wild for that. She said God is seeking a godly seed. That is so spiritual. Like what? Where are we going? So with four children. <laughs> Wait a minute. How are you both discerning their gifts and? preparing them as they grow and how do you answer your children's questions questions when they doubt god so let's so, just answer one uh how, since god is seeking a godly seed hello uh how with four children are we discerning their gifts and I, cultivating them? i don't mean to harp on the way she started off this question but a godly seed. the way she started off did not make me think that was about parenting <laughs> i thought she was gonna talk about um, planting a harvest no i mean in in the children <laughs> reap, reap he is seeking a godly seed he is seeking it, those it had who this, like, worship it had him this spirited and pro- truth he had this prophetic like <laughs> arrangement to it I, I sense in my spirit i sense in the latter day that god is seeking a she godly listen seed to this, like why they roasting me <laughs> it's like he is seeking a Since godly because it's we can roast he, one he another is seeking a godly seed you are for that day shell <laughs> So, do you want me to answer first? Okay, yeah. so discerning our kids' gifts. I mean, that's been my attention since day one. And one of it is I am really intrigued by um, psychology and sociology and the study of people. Mm-hmm. Um, I spend a lot of time looking, just watching and paying attention to people. And so when it came to my children, um, even when Eden being our first, I just tried to pay a lot of attention to how she seemed to be wired and tried to discern through God's help what that might mean yeah. for her. I think she is one of the clearest uh, examples of discerning gifts because she's oldest, yeah. right? And so I think in Eden, we've obviously discerned that she's a communicator. She's been really talented and gifted with words mm. since she was really, really young. Um, she has a really clear... 
uh, intellect, like she is able to understand and have a level of depth that is just interesting. It's different. You know? It's almost scary. It's like, girl, yeah, you ate. And she's also a leader. And so I think you put all of those together. It is possible that because there's this intersection I've been reading in a book that sometimes there is a natural talent or a natural ability that the spirit actually kind of sanctifies. And so like for me, I think I have a natural gift with words, a natural way with communication. And when I was born of the spirit, then that became kind of sanctified in the sense that now I teach and inform and educate people. Mm -hmm. And I think Eden might have that same uh, gift. Yeah. Cause it's, it's weird to see, one Eden, um, it's just I think a lot of times I see both of our gifts wrapped up in one. You know um, the way because, she process, but we also have similar gifts. Yeah, we also have similar. So gifts. We're both Com- teachers, teachers, communicators, yeah. or whatever. And so, like with her, it's it's not just one or the other. It's kind of like almost like both. Yeah. Um, but also too, the way she processes so quickly uh, with you, like it's, it reminds me of you. Mm-hmm. You just you just process things so quickly, but her her memorization right. is me. Like I memorize things really, 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 reten- my, my retention is crazy. And so like, it's just all together. And so like, for me, you know, particularly with Eden, I feel like I've been called to, um, steward her leadership, you know, um, um, gift giftings, like, like one to instill in her that she's a leader and also to help her with humility in mm-hmm. being a leader. Because I think, you know, when you are a natural leader, I think the tendency sometimes is to be, you know, dominant, dominant, mm-hmm. you know. And so consistently our prayer uh, at night or riding, riding home from school, she was telling me, you know, she, even when she talks about school and, and what she's what she what she ha, what she did with her classmates, she don't even understand it as leadership. Yeah. And it's like you you was able to do that Eden because you're a leader yeah. well they're older than me some of them older than me and I'm mm-hmm. like no but you're still a leader like, yeah. you don't understand you know what I'm saying and so like now just really trying to um, grow her up and teach her humility and what that looks like being a leader in the world mm-hmm. now I think is 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 really important for me yeah. the other kids like Autumn I mean she's just so artistic yeah, and w- so yeah yeah I was just gonna give a real quick example practically of uh, just different ways I've tried to cultivate Eden one when it comes to the Bible um, we will read it and I will tell her to explain what mm. she sees yeah. how she understands it and, yeah i was doing that the other day i, I was listening to y'all with baptism we was reading about baptism because i'm i'm trying to develop not i'm trying to kind of like prepare her for the work of interpretation and explanation mm-hmm. at some point you're doing a good job too the leadership part is uh one time she was helping um or her and autumn were cleaning up the room and she was getting frustrated you know how she always does because autumn won't help because autumn got she autumn gets very easily distracted distracted. and i told eden i said listen i said your sister is probably overwhelmed by the amount of things that there are to do and so you need to identify an area that she can focus on give her that task and once she's finished come back and we'll figure out another one so that's showing her like no leadership is also observing the situation at hand discerning the person you're leading Mm -hmm. and then delegating a particular task 
past that is in alignment with their nature. Mm -hmm. And so like leadership ain't just go clean the room. It's no, how can I serve you in helping you clean the room? Now, in light of Autumn, I think we're figuring, (laughs) I think (laughs) Autumn, she's just a lot like you, man. Yeah. Like Autumn just... A free she, spirit. She just be in space sometimes. It's just like I don't be in space. No, it's not. You up there? You up there? You up there doing some good? <laughs> you up there? Like you like? Ooh, Jupiter and the rings. Jordan got six rings. I wonder what Jordan is doing right now. I need to go clean my shoes uh, because I got a lot of Jordan shoes. I wonder like if I need to go get some cleaner. I'm gonna go to Target. That's what's happening <laughs> while you're in space. Facts. Um, and so with Autumn, it's been no like she's gonna have our I think creative mm-hmm. uh thing, but I I don't know. I think. I'm trying to discern how do we like how do we cultivate and give her that freedom of expression while at the same time training her to have discipline in it. Yeah, because I think one of the things I want to help Autumn to understand and what I have been trying to help us understand is just because you cannot focus on one thing um, at a time as much as your sister can doesn't mean you're not equally intelligent. Mm, That's good. Right. Um, And so. Um, helping like really affirming her mm-hmm. and no like you're smart autumn you're mm-hmm. so smart or uh, encouraging her and and i've noticed the more i give her encouragement the more she wants to talk to me about mm-hmm. certain things and so like with eating i could say eating what did you learn today oh, you know yeah. yada She's yada excited. i'm like wow <laughs> well autumn what did you learn today i don't know mm-hmm. and so now i have to say you know you're so smart mm-hmm. you're so intelligent you know you're so intelligent chipmunk tell me what did you learn and then it's she does it with hesitancy but mm-hmm. she does it she she explains and, you, and so i'm yeah. sorry you actually said something that's actually really important yeah because we not only want to identify discern cultivate the giftedness of our children, but we also need to discern the underlying temptations and sins that coincide with their particular personality type. Absolutely. Right? So with Eden, as a leader, as a communicator, as a intellect, she is also dominant and arrogant. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so there's this like, in helping her grow into who she's supposed to be, we need to deal with the parts of her that's going to ruin that. Yeah. (laughs) And so also with Autumn, with her kind of being in the sky a little bit and a sister to somebody who's completely different to her, like we are having to- Affirm her. Yeah, help her focus- but also help her not be insecure yeah. in light of her differences com- as compared to her sister. Now with Sage in August, Sage is different, She's man. She's just different. I just that I have no other word to describe her but different. Yeah. She's di- but what I'm noticing She's a sour patch. She's so sweet she, and so mean. But <laughs> I, I I think I told you. I don't think I told you this. What? Uh, we could probably end it here. So I was praying, I prayed I pray for our children all the time and I felt like the Lord was showing me because one thing we've noticed about Sage is that Sage is, she's deeply empathetic. Mm -hmm. Um, She cries a lot and that's a part of it is that she feels very deeply. And I think she, I think she's going to be a lot like your mother, Mm -hmm. Um, just a nurturer, really mindful and sensitive to the needs of other people. Yeah. And I felt like the Lord was showing me that because a Sage feels so deeply the degree of her suffering will be unique. Mm. And so that I needed to pray 
for perseverance and then i needed to pray for resilience in her because her her emotions will be so deeply affected by her trials yeah um did i tell you that yeah you did you did we talked about it um date night one night but then also too with august he's he's one and you know we're still he's he's unfolding (laughs) but uh (laughs) but for the most part we 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 just i'm noticing he has like a little temper problem yeah which he's he's a gentle giant yeah he's a gentle giant so like you know we're just trying to like i'm i'm like getting ready because i had a temper problem and yeah. a, lot, a lot of the things that i saw that was in me I, I, i'm starting to see in him and so yeah. um i feel led by the lord especially lately to 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 make sure i give him the same amount of love and affection that i give my daughters yeah. because um me growing up not necessarily having that love and affection even kissing him uh, holding him hugging him yeah you know i didn't have that from a man growing up mm. and so you know what the enemy did with my my yeah. anger problems yeah. it was just like you like wildfire and so like i feel mm. you know led by the lord especially of late to just make sure when he's mad to mm. hold him come on and here to, and to comfort him because yeah. that's something i didn't have you so extra oh my gosh because we are going way over but it's so much 50 po- minutes with the pairs it's so much po- <laughs> it's so much power in that because you had so much misplaced rage Oof. and S- angst stealing on folks you know what i'm saying <laughs> and like it it it, it either it, it kind of manifested itself in two places you either had to fight all the time like all the things or, sex. or you was having all this sex and it's really you trying to find places to put your emotions yes. and so like if he had a father or if you had a father where you he would have cultivated this mm-hmm. freedom of emotional expression in you yeah you would have had a safe because space he, to go because to. He, because, uh, he, because the other day the other day he he got mad for something that he shouldn't be mad about. Like he wanted Sage's toy and that's his toy. So she, he kept trying to grab Sage's toy. And like, he got so mad to the point he, he did, he does this little sound like, yeah, he does that when he's hungry. And he's just like really, really mad. And like, and then he starts pulling his hair. Mm -hmm. Like he doesn't know what to do with his frustration. And uh, I just grabbed him and brought him to the couch and laid him on my chest and said, it's okay. Mm. And he just was, (sighs) And I was like, man, in I the thought, father's bosom. I, I, but I thought to myself, I was like, the only begotten. What if I had that? Ooh, bye, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Peace. Bye. No, that's beautiful. <laughs> Thirty minutes with the Perrys is a production of Ivy Media Podcast, edited by Angie Elkins, video recording and audio production by Kim Powell, artwork by Hop, and music by Swoop. Join us on Patreon for early access to With the Perry's episodes and other exclusives. You got two options. You can go to www.patreon.com forward slash with the Perry's or just go ahead, scroll. You'll find the link in our show notes. We are the Perry's. Thank y'all for listening. Now go with God. <laughs>